Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. Shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of 1 Corinthians, looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 31. In previous episodes, we've already looked at the beginning of this chapter, and we've seen that there were divisions within the church in Corinth. This was a problem because Jesus of Nazareth was made known to the world as king through the church. If the church in Corinth and any other church cannot submit to one another and be unified in purpose, people won't know Jesus. This way of making Jesus known doesn't make sense to the rest of the world, but it is effective. So let's pick up Paul's writing in chapter 1, verse 18. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. In this section of Scripture, Paul is talking about the message of the cross. He has just finished describing the division that has developed in Corinth. And Paul says the solution to these divisions is to quit focusing on personalities and focus on the message of the cross. And he acknowledges that that message is going to sound foolish to most of the world. Most of the world is either preoccupied with being the smartest and having people understand things the way they do, or with a show of force, and the way that you get what you want is to make people do what you want. Paul says for those two groups of people, the message of the cross can actually be a stumbling block because it doesn't make logical sense. It doesn't seem very wise to most people for you to surrender to a king who was executed as a criminal, nor does it make sense to worship a king who wasn't strong enough to stop that from happening. It's easy to be critical of these folks, but sometimes these ideas have worked our way into our churches and we have changed the message of the cross 
to either try to fit our understanding or our desire for power and control, rather than focusing on the message of the cross and surrendering to Jesus. Paul tells us that in his day, putting faith in a king that had died on a cross made no sense, but it showed the wisdom of God. Paul says this message humbles people who seek wisdom based on worldly terms and those who try to exert strength and pressure on worldly terms by making them look silly. God's wisdom is far greater than ours. But because we tend to put trust in our own wisdom and strength, sometimes what God calls us to can seem a little odd. Now, there are some who don't mind being odd in this society, but there are good ways and bad ways to be odd. Some accomplish the purposes of God and some don't. Bad ways to be odd are being harsh with unbelievers, yelling and screaming at them that they should act like Christians, even though they've never surrendered to Christ as king. This is made even worse when those people who have those expectations are guilty of very public sins themselves. This is not the way that Paul wanted Christians to stick out in the society. Christians also should not be standing out from the crowd by celebrating the demise or the destruction of someone that they don't like or they have deemed as bad. And we also don't want to be known for being quick to tell people what they should do without actually listening to what they're going through. These are all terrible ways to be odd in our society. We shouldn't be known for these things. What Paul lets us know is that there are good ways to look silly to the rest of the world, being led by the Spirit rather than the flesh, letting what is good for my soul be the thing that determines my decision-making rather than my physical desires, being able to live in the world with all of its problems and all of its sin, but not being a part of that way of life and not being a part of that mentality. These are things that can appear to be very silly to the rest of the world. And so can submitting to one another rather than demanding to get our way. Submitting to one another looks very odd in our current society, and it looked odd in the time of Paul. Being a part of a church, a family of believers that care so deeply about each other, they're looking out for each other's best interest and not worried about their own, makes zero sense. But it's the life that Paul was calling the Corinthian Christians to, and it's the life that God calls us to. This way of thinking may offend people's sense of fairness or even right and wrong. How do I get mine? How do I make sure I'm taken care of if I'm spending all of my time and energy looking out for other people's needs? But the reality is when we're in a group of people who are all focusing on the message of the cross, that humble submission, and that obedience to the will of God, I don't have to worry about myself because the other members of that community are concerned about my well-being. We're each looking out for one another. We have to admit very few churches do that well, but it is what Paul says will keep us unified and show the wisdom of the message of the cross. But if that message is so odd, so silly, so peculiar to the rest of the world, how do Christians stay relevant? Because let's face it, one of our greatest fears is being embarrassed. And some of the things that it seems Jesus calls us to sometimes could put us in embarrassing situations in our current society. 
sometimes even in our current churches, because so many of the members have adopted the thinking, the wisdom of the world. We've developed a tendency in our churches to feel like we need to assimilate to the society around us in order to be relevant, in order to have an impact on them. But the reality is, thinking like the world and doing things the way the world does is what has led us to all the dissatisfaction and turmoil in our current society. Even though God's wisdom appears odd, it actually produces the results that we're all looking for. When we accept God's wisdom and live in that wisdom, one of the results of that is finding acceptance. So much of our society is looking to be accepted. They're crying out for attention and wanting people to accept them. Well, Romans 14 verse 18 says, whoever serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. We can experience that kind of acceptance when we go about life the way God has called us to. When we experience that, we start to see and experience the wisdom of God. Because when we find that acceptance, it gives us a place to belong, a sense of belonging. Romans chapter 7, verse 4 says, Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to one another, in order that we may bear fruit for God. Focusing on and understanding the message of the cross, understanding the humble, submissive obedience that is a result of that message, gives us a place to belong. And when we have that place to belong, the text says that we'll be able to bear fruit for God. We will see the life that God promised us and all of the blessings that come from it. God's wisdom will also provide us with a sense of purpose. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God, in his wisdom of the cross, reveals to us how important it is to perform the tasks that we were created for. When I buy a hammer, I know that it's used to drive nails. When I buy a boat, I know that it's used for floating on the water. When I buy a home, I know it's designed to protect me from the elements. When things have a purpose, the best use of them is when they're fulfilling that purpose. For disciples of Christ, the best use of our lives is to be used for the purpose we were designed for, and that's to do the good that God has given us to do. And all of that can be summed up in one word, love. God's wisdom provides for us the opportunity to give and receive love. The most satisfying and fulfilling of all of our emotions and experiences is love. Galatians chapter 5 verse 14 says, For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The pinnacle of everything is the capacity to give and receive love. And it's the wisdom of God that helps us achieve that. We live in a society that has so distorted the meaning of love and offered so many different paths in hopes of achieving love that we've lost the message of the cross and what it means to love and to be loved. So we don't stay relevant in our society by doing the opposite of what God wants or by assimilating our Christian ideas into our society's ideas. We do it by boldly living out the message of the cross in giving people the opportunity to experience acceptance and belonging, a sense of purpose and love. Yeah.
Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Twitter.